going on down there. TFCon 2016 Chicago and podcast recording is what this file is. We have a whole bunch of files on Okay. Yeah. I guess putting the audio in front of it does make sense, and this is our just kind of rambling. It is just our kind of rambling kind of show. Hi, Aaron. Hi, how you we're, doing, Chris? We're in uh, episode 300, no, 400, and... I forgot. 29. No, no, because it's an even episode. Come on. We're 30. It is a a 10. It is a a multiple of 10. The last one on my list is Machinima. That's that's the horrible one. It still won't go away. 424. So 426. 426? No. 424. Let me see if there's anything. No, 429. Sorry, it was unplayed. 430. This must be episode 430. I said. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kryn was right. Damn. I'm joined by Aaron, who's here. Uh, we're also uh, in the room with Alfie and Kryn. Hello. And uh, this is just a Zoom on the other end of the room, all classic pre-order 66 convention style. Uh, so it might be a little bit tinny, might be a little bit echoey, but whatever. We're recording. Stop us. Yeah. You can't. Uh, TFCon finished. Uh, there were actually two podcasts in front of audiences, but this show, uh, they were once again multi-show podcasts, but this time I also was not running them. I was just participating. Uh, transmission, uh, no, Transmissions, did the, <laughs> that was not intentional, but I just got the other podcast name wrong. Uh, transmissions uh, did a lot of the legwork uh, and pretty much all the hosting and all the organization on those. Uh, so those pieces of audio will be going up as well, probably after this one. Uh, they were they were fun uh, roundtable things though. They were interesting experiences, uh, and I I I got feedback I can pass along. But a lot a lot of it is just based on like I've done that kind of stuff a couple times before, and there were there were a lot of people up, and uh, and we ran a little over, and otherwise the energy was doing a real good job of keeping flowing. I think yeah. um, so. That's that's my feedback from over here. Uh, I'll write it on a sticky note. Yeah, let me just go ahead and pin that to them. No, I know they, they they did a great job and they brought prizes. They did. They uh, they had uh, they inadvertently got three voice actors up with us on Friday. Yeah, that was that turned into the voice actor panel with guest podcasts. Well, at least for a little bit. Uh, it turns out Greg Berger uh, is the one who kept going like, so this panel about voice actors and podcasters. Yeah, is pretty cool. Uh, well, as I understand it, like just they were, you know, blanket invites went out. Just going like, hey, if you're interested, come on by. And then three of the voice actors showed up at the same time. Right. And it was like, well, now what do we do? Yeah. There was <laughs> incomplete incomplete communication. It's always fun. Yeah, and uh, it ended up going pretty well. I had a lot of fun. On I Friday. did. I did too. I started out kind of upset because it was about them, not about me. And then uh, it kind of came back around when Greg a couple times just kind of did kick it, like, and the podcasters. He's he's awesome. And uh, and it, it was good. Yeah. Um, both both of them had some really good questions about podcasting and how do we do it and things and feelings and yeah yeah and then there was um I, I, a lot of my memories are along the lines of and then this guy or this girl asked a question mm-hmm. there there was a girl in the front at the first one on Friday who uh, wanted to start a podcast and was asking uh, some really good questions about that I don't I don't want to reiterate all those because literally listeners will be able to hear those recordings yeah. but uh, no I I had a good time with them and uh, I would love to do that again I like that TF Con's podcast panel thing. 
podcasting has moved on to being a multi-podcast thing. I think it's the best place for it to go. Yeah. Uh, because if that's not what happened, we had got to the point where I was saying this needs to be 60 minutes and no longer. And if the 15-minute segments don't move, we are going to fast forward along. Right. Um, so now there's enough voices, at least, to fill the time. Um, you also do have your uh, improv training of, like, if it's no good, just hit eject and move on. That's right. That's the improv training, not the not the cruel host training. Yeah. Not the huge red button in front of me with the eject seat next to me training. Uh, after that, you know, we had a convention happen. Then we did another one of those panels. But in between those two panels, a convention happened. Right. Um... I've gotten bad about checking out panels, but I did check out one panel uh, to its entirety uh, this year, which was the Combiner Wars Q&A. Uh, they had Frank Todaro, uh, John Bailey, and uh, Sassy Megatron uh, all there. And I was worried about that panel. I was very worried about that yeah. panel. A lot of the fandom, there are, and that panel converted. There are members of the fandom who actually quite enjoyed Combiner Wars, the Mission of a Series, uh, but a lot of them didn't. And I felt like that panel might have become, here's three punching bags. Yeah, the thing, I, I caught a little bit of that panel, and I think that may have been the only panel that I sat in for a while. The The one thing that I think they maybe took themselves a little bit too seriously in that they were talking about, like, we changed a lot of things, and Transformer fans are okay with some change, but not a lot of it. And I... That was a little bit of a def- that was the only that was, answer that it was felt kind a of a deflected. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a deflection. It was kind of like the three voice actors maybe weren't the right person to answer some of those questions. Where they were, some of the questions that I caught were more aimed at like, why did you produce it this way? And they, yeah. they had no say in that. There was, and the I mean, the silver lining is that's the bad thing that happened. Right. There's a lot of questions yeah. aimed at people who did voice acting uh, right. came up, which were questions for people who worked on production. I, I definitely think that they maybe should have had a better message for the name of that panel of not like Combiner Wars Q&A, but Combiner Wars Voice Actors Q&A. I think it might have been called that, I think. We... Hey, guess what? Yeah, I don't we, have my badge on anymore. And, so. and all of us have thrown <laughs> our badges away. So, Chris got hers it right was there. called... The Combiner Wars Q&A. Okay, you're right. Yeah. I thought it said voice actor. I could have sworn. Maybe that might have been in the program that okay. I never ended up getting. Oh, but hey, guess what? Uh, since 2008, or no, since about 2010 is when this started happening. Many TFCons running. Forgot to get a program again. Yeah. Wait. No, I might actually have it. I just forgot where I put it. Oh, I broke the chain. I actually have a program this time. Son of a... Oh, well. I don't know where it is. No, I have no idea where it is. I want a program. I assume you, like, we you, should be you had one when we went up to the staff rooms. Oh, and then I put you it back. You had one in hand and you put it back. Because I wanted to be polite. I didn't want to steal a program from the This bar. is what happens when I'm still your handler. I remember things. Yeah. Yeah, this this uh, this TFCon was a little different as well because Erin wasn't my direct handler this time. Uh, Kryn came along for her first Transformers convention and uh, was also there for the Combiner Wars Q&A. Yes. Kryn, you and me watched Combiner Wars together. Yes. Um, so as someone who I think kind of just shared the same opinion as the rest of us here on the podcast about the show, mm-hmm. um, how did you feel about that Q&A panel? I thought the girl who said kitten, kitten Megatron was awesome. That was probably the highlight. It was the highlight. I enjoyed that. Um, there was a girl who went up, and her question actually was along the lines of, uh, how did it feel, something like, how did it feel, or why did they give Megatron a kitten face? And there was, like, this sort of a pause, and then the girl kind of went, like, I thought everyone knew that he had a kitty face. Yeah, which prompted... Meow. It prompted the Megatron voice actor to drop the the deepest, most deadpan meow. 
I've ever heard. That that Megatron voice actor rolled with stuff super well. Yes. He seemed like the guy in the room who wasn't the Transformers fan who got a voice acting role in Transformers, <laughs> but he seemed like the really cool laid back guy. Yeah. Uh, he wore sunglasses indoors. So did Frank. Yes. Two of them wore yeah. sunglasses indoors. And I was like, actually, you know what I've read? That is, uh, for some people, a way to uh, feel more calm in front of an audience. Uh, there, there are some performers who have done that where they, they feel less nervous if their eyes are covered. That way they can't see back into your soul? Yeah, like you don't have to worry about making eye contact too much with random people in the crowd. Um, not just covering up the night before. Or maybe they were just covering up the night before. I'm, I'm not sure which. <laughs> There's some musicians who have done that. Brett the Hitman Hart wore shades all the time, so he wouldn't have to make eye contact with people. I read that on Wikipedia. Um, there was a piece of info. I, I actually went up and asked a question. I got up to ask a question when there were only two people there, and the first one was a little kid saying, why didn't you use Chromia? And, why is uh, it more like the comics? And they yeah. said, we don't have control of that. And so I thought, hey, maybe this panel's like, running bone dry I'll go ask a question I got up and then Crin poked me in the leg and you were like be good <laughs> don't start something she didn't say it like that no but it was one of those looks of like what are you doing you're getting it right now like are you going up there to start trouble <laughs> I was like no I used to I would never do that me and, me and Frank Todaro go back vaguely the way you go back with people you've met at Balkans before. Yeah. Um, so no, I went up and uh, I actually was going to go up to ask them about uh, the audition process and how for you know the two of them who are super fans, how that kind of differed compared to the guy who got the Megatron role as far as like you know getting into a Transformer show. As I'm walking up there, I get into line and then someone steps in line behind me and then immediately the person or someone in front of me asks that question. But now I'm up there in line, and you know the worst thing to do is is to hear a question, then turn around and leave. So I'm just sitting there going, "Well, I got to think of another question." And uh, so I got up there and I, I asked them how they recorded the show, and this is where I learned some stuff. The show was recorded in ensemble, which is what I thought because I, I the way they were bouncing off each other by the end felt like they were all in the room together. But then they also said that they recorded it dub style, timed to pr- existing half finished animation, and I was like, "This explains so much." more of how the show turned out this way because there were parts of the show that felt like a dub but I was like but that doesn't make sense because they wrote this all beforehand I, would, I assumed that they'd done all the dialogue first um, they also mentioned that sometimes they had lines that were translated awkwardly from Japanese and I was like I thought the show was written in English so I'm even more confused yet slightly more understanding of the state of Combiner Wars I guess it's not like we'll suddenly allow it. We'll allow it. <laughs> it's not suddenly a good show. <laughs> that was the only bummer was the voice actors trying their damnedest to stand up for the quality of the show because I was yeah. like there's no and, and that's a rough thing like they're you know you you feel a part of it having been the voice actor, I guess. Yeah. And so you don't want someone to be poo-pooing on what you had a part of, but at the same time they're attacking a thing that you had nothing to do with other than being the voice for it so that's got to yeah. be like a weird awkward place of like no the, but the voices were good right guys and i don't i don't want to like like i'm not gonna walk up on a, to a q a mic and go like hey guys the show sucked but you guys all did great because like what that accomplishes nothing right that's just grandstanding it's combative so like you know it, it just felt a little awkward at times when 
you know, the, the, there were some of those, and actually the show's not, the show's pretty good, actually. And I was like, well, I don't know. Were you watching the same show I was? <laughs> no, no. What are you, blind? Oh, you are blind. Oh, no. Uh, they, they were talking about how the, the girl who played Mistress, Mistress of the Flame, like, you know, her vocal deliveries sometimes just had, like, mom levels of, of, of impact, of you know, making you listen. And I was like, no, I could hear that. But then in the back of my head, I was like, so how, what was it like for her to have a lot of that gravitas cut off by the bink noise <laughs> that her stick made? <laughs> And actually, I, I was really glad to hear them describe Windblade's voice actor, you know, getting so emotional with her delivery. She had, like, tears in her eyes because I, I could hear that beneath the terrible post-production. Like, I could hear a, a really good emotional performance. Uh, it's unfortunate all the other stuff around it was so rickety. They brought up an interesting point, which was that Transformers fans are slow to adapt to something new. Mm-hmm. And they had done so many new things with this particular show. Mm-hmm. They're like, so it is good. It's just that we made it 3D and we changed all the actors and we adopted characters from something without adopting everything from the original and this and that all at once. And perhaps if we had only changed one or two things, it would have been received better. But it's pretty good. Yeah, the, so I had a little problem with that answer. It was only because I agree with a lot of it. But then amidst those changes, slotted in were also, and we released on Go90. And we released it, you know, online on YouTube. And I was yeah, like, yeah. you're kind of attribute, you're, you're, you're attributing equally a whole bunch of things where some of those things were very much bigger problems than the other things. And I, I just, I felt a little, only for a moment, I felt a little annoyed when I was like, are you, are you telling me that my negative reaction is equally because you guys are not the original voice actors as it is that the Go90 plan was garbage. Because, like, that, the Go90 thing was a million times more <laughs> damning to the show than only using parts of Combiner Wars or having fan voice actors. Like, a whole lot of that stuff was good. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it wasn't a bad panel. It was, it was a lot more positive than I was afraid it would be. And, you know, sometimes I'm a pessimist, so... Rarely. Rarely, I'm a pessimist. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that panel, though, I, I only really got a few bits and pieces of other ones. Like, I saw a touch of the uh, the Wreckers panel on Friday before our first podcast thing, uh, which was really, you know, like, Josh Bertram carries himself like the star of the show up there. Yeah. Like, like holy crap, that, that boy has grown up. <laughs> he, like, he's got, he's, he's got some gravitas. Um, and Nick Roach is adorable. Like, Nick Roach sounds so excited to be everywhere. Uh, maybe it's the accent. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we caught a little bit of the Nick Roach Bob Budiansky panel. Mm-hmm. We couldn't hear very well, so no, uh, that was we a running up... theme for me. Yeah. yeah, well, not just that. That whole panel room had issues. It's so weird because when we walked in there the first time, acoustically it was great, but I think leaving the back door open caused this like sort of like a, 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 an audio an audio drain in yeah. the back of the room. So if you weren't sitting in the front third of the room, it, everything became really muddy. And Not quiet. only that, but also any sound outside of that panel. If they were in that shot front in. area outside yeah. of it, it just all shot in because behind them is just glass. So it just bounces all that sound in. Like when we were watching that records panel on, before our first podcasting, there were these, someone sounded a whole lot like Aaron was like behind us talking to somebody and it was just so loud. Yeah. It was so loud. Well, could barely hear anything. Yeah. Anything. That happens. It's probably a jerk. Some kind of jerk. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, me and Aaron are sitting across the table at each other, so we're just staring daggers. Not staring daggers, staring deeply. Staring deep daggers 
There's the, deep on one side and daggers on the other. Yeah, I'm deep. No. Okay, I'm not deep. I'm daggers. <laughs> That's rough when Crin is the one that's like, I'm deep. No, you're not, honey. It's okay. Crin is the in the referee position. Yeah. Keeping an eye on things. I'm watching you. And Alfie is asleep, so... No, no, she's, no not. she's not. <laughs> she has indicated with a common hand signal that she's not actually asleep. Um, so you didn't, uh, Aaron, you didn't really check out any other panels? I didn't, actually. I kind of, like, poked in occasionally, but, like, uh, you know, it's that unfortunate curse of I've seen so many panels that I, like... I don't know what's going to happen in every voice actor panel, but I kind of know what's going to happen in every voice this actor year, panel. This year, you and I have a great excuse for skipping the voice actor panels, because we were halfways on one on Friday. Right. So yeah. I felt like I got my fill of entertaining voice actor yeah. stories already. Uh, that's not to say anything bad anyone. Like It was fun. Like, yeah. It was really fun. There was a great thing with the fly, too. Yeah. You know, coming up over and over again. Um the the one thing the other thing I could share about the the Nick Roach Bob Budiansky panel even though I couldn't hear super well what anyone was saying like you know I caught bits and pieces the thing I actually quite enjoyed was given that it's Nick Roach and Bob Budiansky two very different generations of creatives the panel didn't look like the two of them had an invisible wall between them to me at least in the back of the room like it seemed like they were looking to each other a lot and yeah. you know, kind of bouncing a little bit. Uh, it seemed organic. Did actually get to talk to was that Nick in in the dealer room that was talking about that panel then where he was you know talking about Bob Budiansky and something along the lines and he was just like it's the guy that made it all. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, Come up with a name. Come give me a name. Give me, you know make a transformer name right now. Come on, do it, do it, do it. Do it. <laughs> That's why. I, I also thought it would go well because Nick Roach tends to like fanboy out for anyone who worked on eighties Transformers yeah. anything. In a good way. Well, I mean, and it's the thing that we've talked about on the toy side, at least, of now we're seeing people that are the designers and and guiding things along that are the people that grew up yeah. with that. So it's more, instead of being like a thing they came across before, it's a thing that's kind of in the DNA and the, the childhood. So yeah. there's a different, like, level into it. Yeah, and... It, that panel was a, was a really nice image of you know a writer from the like basically the very first Transformers writer alongside one of the most recent ones. Uh, it was really neat. Uh, but yeah, the, there were some voice actor Q and A panels which I sadly don't have much from uh, to speak of. There was a, a voice acting one on one panel which I admit I kind of passed up on because ever since Gary Chalk's voice acting one on one panel back in 2013, like you have to do a lot to get me interested to see another one because he gave a seminar. And uh, Crin, you actually mentioned that that's a little bit of a disappointment you had with the the storytelling one. Oh yeah, I was expecting something like a lecture or an explanation about how they went through their process and any advice they might have. I was not expecting a Q and A. Most of mm -hmm. the panels seem to be set up as Q and A, which is nice, I guess. But I would prefer that preceded by forty minutes of here's what we did and how we did it and all the things you don't know. That's really something that I see occasionally here of there's a difference between like panel and Q&A and then just it's going to be an hour of people asking questions and it's I was going to say especially when it's something that is like voice acting 101 or storytelling that really should be a seminar and then like 10 minutes of like was there something I missed or something you want to clarify not like, when you wrote this story, did you write it on paper or did you write it in a typewriter? Or did you use a computer? 
because I like computers. I have a computer at home, and I can write on that. And then you end up in completely different direction that okay, doesn't we, have anything to do with. We, we all heard your question at the storytelling one. Okay, you don't have to but reiterate I, it over. But here. I've got a computer. Right. Well, I'm looking at the titles of the panels now, and the ones that I attended that don't say Q and A on them, they were Q and A. Yeah. So that's why I had that expectation. Yeah. It's. I mean, the the the. I mean, I I come up with. Excuses for everything, right? Especially myself. Why? No. Um, but the I, th- I think that it might stem from like you have panelists who are eager to talk, who are not necessarily like adept at structuring yeah. an entire lecture. So it's I, I can see it as it's the easy fallback of like we want to have guests in the panel room doing things, but it is unfortunate when, especially after like that Gary Chalk one when he I think he answered all the three questions, but at length. Yeah. And like gave I always remember that wonderful talk about about vocal resonators, um, like that's it's a high bar to, right. to get past. And I, maybe there have been like, there probably have been ones just as good that I ended up missing uh, for one reason or another. But uh, I remember yeah. that Gary Chalk because he talked about how you can talk from the back of your voice and you can talk from the back of your voice but high and you can talk from the back of your voice but low and then you can talk from the middle and you can talk high and you can talk low and you can talk, talk from the front and you can talk yeah. high and you can talk low and how just like doing that you get nine voices real quick but then you can like get your body involved and he really worked through and showed you know yeah. seminar style how to do that sort of thing and like I, I always wondered if you got in trouble with a union or something <laughs> after that one because that like, was no they're secrets <laughs> that, that was, you didn't tell them about the hand thing did you that was the kind of thing that you could he could have charged like 25 right. bucks for right like and that, that, that very much seemed because <laughs> I know that there are a couple of them that do like yeah. coaching as well for you know, people that go out to whatever centers to try and, and learn that, the art, and and like I said, like I've also often missed panels due to going to film things or running interviews, and I'm sure, like especially like Dan Gilvezan or someone must have done a similar thing. Dan Gilvezan's actually really fantastic at a structured, low Q and A panel. Right. Um, he's he's borderline like a stand up comedian the way he does his panels. Like, yeah, and he, he gets has, like out in front of the table. Yeah, and walks up and down the aisle a little bit as he's telling, and like he, oh, you got a question, and then throws the microphone right in front of them rather than being high upon the dais and peasant, come to the stand. But to, to Neil, I'm just realizing stand. I'm talking about how great all the guests who weren't here were. Yeah. So like the guests who were here from from our interaction with them, like Gary Chalk is still like a, a king of storytellers. Yeah, hand, handshake, uh, bear hug guy, and great storyteller. And uh, Richard Newman, who I'd not seen before. Yeah. Um, Given like you know he was in some trouble a little while ago uh, that went up on the front page and everything and you know, he he kind of got you know out of that place. Uh, it was fun watching him riff with Gary Chalk because mm-hmm. like it was sort of like those two had a real tight you yeah. know bond that that probably hadn't been visited on as much as it had since he started going to conventions mm-hmm. and uh, it was fun to watch them kind of bounce and like you know Richard Newman's the quieter guy who kind of stays to the back most of the time but then he just pop in every like five minutes and kind of just pop pop a line in over Gary Chalk. And uh, and keep things flowing, and and Greg Berger is is, is always a consummate gentleman. Greg Berger and uh, and Paul Eiding, yeah. the two most friendly guys who have no reason to interact with the fans ever. Like they could just show up, do their signings, and you know, that'd be fine. But they like was it Paul Eiding like shows up to Transformers yeah. conventions uninvited, not if he's not there. as a guest. It's like oh, there's a Transformers convention within four or five hours. Yeah, I'll go, and then yeah. just show up as somebody. At the convention, and then the convention organizers go, "Oh crap! What do you do? Do we didn't book you? Did we book you? What's going on?" He's like, "No, I just, just knew that there was a convention nearby. I wanted to come and see it." Yeah, and then and then he crashes someone like a voice actor Q and A and pretends to be like a fan, gets like three <laughs> people to stand in front of him. And, but like Paul Edding and Greg Berger also like I, I swear they look related. Yeah, like, there's something about they maybe. both have very impish eyes, very impish, 
excited eyes that like look really similar. I don't know. Um, so the, the the only voice actor I actually didn't get to see because I, I missed that one panel was Michael Bell. Um, but you know, I've I've seen him once before, and Michael I Bell's a king. Ended up in an elevator with him like twice. It was just like the first time it was like. This guy is familiar. Did I know he's familiar. And <laughs> Did you say Yo Joe? He's, he's kind of older. Okay, fine, whatever. And then get he gets off. I'm like, who was? Oh, that was Michael Bell. Okay. And so then another time, said something. I'm like, hey, you know, thanks for coming out and doing this. He's like, oh, I love it. It's, it's always fun. Yeah. And then he got off on his floor, and I was like, I heard an anecdote from one of the panels he was on where he talked about how hard it was for him to drop his Brooklyn accent when he was really getting into voice roles in the eighties. Because apparently at the time he had like a really thick Brooklyn accent, which I think he lets through on Sideswipe, if I remember correctly. Not like the full accent, but like a little, a little bit of a little touch of it. So you know, Sideswipe just doesn't sound like Prowl, yeah, pretty much. But uh, you know, it was a good spread of panels, like a, a packed schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that TFCon's hitting the point where, I mean, we we heard this at Toronto when someone asked about a fan film festival, and yeah. uh, organizer Colin Douglas was like, "We can't just schedule an hour." Uh, if we don't know, it, you know, at least forty-five minutes of fan films are going to fill that hour, right? Because um, there are, you know, lots of things vying to be on there. Um, we had a, I think, two cosplay panels. Um, yeah, there the, was there was an actual costume panel, and then I think like a how-to and style I, thing. I peeked in on that how-to when we walked past it, and they had a, they had slides up with multiple pictures. I think that one was a seminar. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is good to see, like, because I, I that's what the fan media panel used to be was like a, a, a sort of seminar yeah um should have watched that one darn it that's my <laughs> fault i will always say the panels are not the reason why i skip a lot of panels right it's always me uh it's not you panels <laughs> it's me you couldn't see my little body language there when i yeah. whipped my head back uh yeah the, the the panel spread was was super solid even our first podcast panel got bumped back an hour yeah uh, originally it was going to be at 9 p.m friday then nick roach and uh and Josh Bertram had their panel inserted in, and then uh, Shelton Shelton from Transmissions. Um, I probably got his name wrong, and that means I'm terrible because I just don't remember people's names. <laughs> uh, he uh, was saying that he got the the panel kind of re reinserted at the right. ten o'clock time slot. So I'm going to check his name. Actually, it's in my emails. Yeah. Okay. But uh, outside of panel stuff, uh, I didn't really do autographs, but I, I haven't done that for a while. Yeah. Um, we got to be on a panel with three of the guests, and I think that's cooler than having their autograph. Right. That's, um, you know, there, were, there was there was somebody at one point in time that had asked me, you got anything for autographs? Or no, it was, I was near one of the art tables, and they were saying, hey, you should get some of these to get autographs. And I was like, eh. I'd, autographs aren't the thing for me. It's the experiences, and I got to do, you know, just what you said. You know, there were, you know, three people, three voice actors that I know their voices that sat up on a panel with me, and I didn't explode. So that was cool, and that was kind of the experience. I don't, I don't need someone to take a sharpie scribble and do that. Well, we or, took group pictures too. Or, yeah. yeah, we took yeah. group pictures that exist somewhere, hopefully, and uh, and um, you know, a sharpie scribble or go and take a selfie with them, and you know, be out more money. That while it's cool, and I totally get why some people really enjoy that. I more dig the actual experiences and being able to remember some of that. Charles Shelton. Charles Shelton. I can yeah. see Shelton's kind of a first name. Yeah, I think it's also because just when I look at emails, like I see the last names first. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I didn't mean to start calling someone by their last name because I, I believe Charles, in, that's big C. In your, in your culture, calling someone by their last name is rude, as I understand. Like Mr. Spacely always used to do it. Okay. You're like, Jetson! And like, he's supposed to not be a nice guy. 
You, you guys know what the Jetsons is? Yes. yes. I'm getting blank looks, so I wasn't... Well, I'm just thinking of how for the past four years you've been calling Vangsta Vangsta, and I didn't know he had a different name, so I just call him Vangsta the whole time. But he has a first name. Well, a lot of people have first names. But I didn't... I just... I don't know. Don't... Here's the thing. I'm blaming you. You should blame me, but you, you shouldn't rely on me for name info. For any info, really. Right. No, Unless don't. it's entirely trivial. You can rely on me. It doesn't matter for anything that really matters. You can rely, then you can rely, rely you can, on me. You can him. rely on me for medical info, no. scientific info, paleontological info. What? Paleontological info. It's weird. Aaron just starts blinking. There's blood <laughs> coming bleeding. out. There's blood coming out of his. Face. Oh, Aaron just died. Weird. He's like he had just a massive hemorrhage <laughs> in the center of his soul. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of those soul hemorrhages. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that's covering um, you know all the all the the basic convention activities. Which when you go to enough conventions, you kind of start watching them from afar. Yeah. I find. Um, I think I think I made the point in the second panel for me anymore. It's about the people and seeing them and doing things on that level than even the like events so much. If they're great events, they're great events and it's nice to go to. But once you've been doing this long enough, you know you have your your convention family that you come to see. And there's only so much time in a day. Yeah, and eventually you need sleep or food uh, or feh feh. Who, who eats? Me. Yeah, humans. I got to have Chicago deep dish pizza. You did. We ordered in a deep dish. I had two slices. Yep. I, f- I felt a little swampy afterwards. Yeah. I felt like I had quicksand in my that, stomach. That's what happens when you eat a casserole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a casserole. Mm. Uh, we Actually, me and Crin also had some cold uh, Chicago style. Yeah. How was that? Because there's still some cold up in my room, and um, I think I'm just going to leave it for, it's like cake. for housekeeping it, to get rid of. It broke my knife. <laughs> I took a picture. Yeah. yeah, Crin was cutting hers with a knife, and then at one point, the knife just snapped in half. And he laughed so hard, but he had food in his mouth, so he was covering his entire face with both hands. I think my leg went up over my head for a second while I was trying to not <laughs> choke. Uh, cold, deep dish. Giordano because I know that all the Illinoisers are going to start going like, oh, well, well, what kind of what kind of deep dish did you get? You didn't get Gino's East or you didn't get, uh, I'm trying to remember what the other seminal one is that you have to get. In my, in my excellent Illinois accent that I dropped in there. It's not as good cold. It's really no, bad. It's, but we don't have access to a microwave. It's a big, thick, cold, chewy thing. Uh, wait, what? What is this? Oh, man. What? No way. We we don't read. Oh, there's a, well, the microwaves on the first floor. No, they're on every floor, by the ice machines. Yeah, well, their ice machines are for chumps, so well, or for people that want ice or to go to the microwave that's near them. Well, you know what? Well, thank you, Aaron. You're welcome. <laughs> you know what? Are there any other amenities at the hotel that you'd like me to tell you about? A mirror in the bathroom that isn't the big one. There's usually a little one, like a ours, ours, one. ours has a little ours, one that ours? has like that has different knobs on it for like daylight. What? Office, and like you, so that you can turn the knob so it's like the color, so that you know that your makeup looks right. For I the don't. Right I'm mad. Color lights. Yeah, we have the fancier room, and we don't have that. You're in, in the executive the suite hell? with fewer options. It's, yes, we are. Does the executive suite mean like less? 
stuff. I guess. What's yours? The super executive? Do they just call everything? Is this like when they just call everything regular? Yeah. Or, and then or like starts, large or double large? It's like the large, extra large, primo yeah. large. Oh, yeah. El hey. Grande, El Jefe, <laughs> the cheap ones Conquistador. Are, the cheap ones are the executive suites. Everyone in the center column is in the double executive suites. And the two floor ones are the super executive lounge suites. Uh, Esquire. But now me and Crin can tell you what cold deep dish pizza is like. Oh, yeah. And so, you can't. It'll break your knife. See, I could have two-day-old deep dish in the morning to, you could. to power me for my two-and-a-half-hour drive home. Oil. Actually, it'd power me just to get to the first bathroom to, oh. You could just drink a cup of oil, too, <laughs> if you want. Probably, like a cup yeah. of olive oil, and it'd probably sit about the same. Mm. Um, the dealer room was was a big part of the show for me, as it often is. I really like cruising through, seeing all this crazy stuff. Also, the dealer room is where I do a lot of my socializing, because mm-hmm. that's where people will congregate, and that's where I can meet lots of new folks who listen to the podcast, watch videos, um, do some do some handshakes and some germ swaps. And uh, what's up? Where's, where are you I, I was I was pulling out my phone so I would have the image for the discussion that I knew that was probably going to be coming up shortly. Oh. I, w- I was trying to, to plan ahead, and then you called it out. Yeah, well, I saw you reaching under the table, and I was like, does he have a gun? I, I am in America. Yeah. That I got the joke in. I got the joke in about how all the Americans, like, like, like actually, I got a real funny American We did the, um, we did the reviewer roundtable thing the other night in the basement. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the toys was Bold Forms, uh, triple-changing Megatron, who has a very realistic gun mode. And uh, one of the folks down there started talking about, like, oh, it felt so good. that I felt, I felt amazing holding this gun. I even had my hand, my finger. Yeah, trigger off, discipline. Tr- trigger discipline. And I was like, Americans in here, huh? <laughs> uh, actually, when we ended the review thing, <laughs> I turned around because we had, uh, we had uh, Ben Pia and Bobby Skullface as the two people who hadn't been in one of those things before. I referred to them as our token Americans. And then realized that I was just calling Henry Pike of Pike for Life a Canadian because he was there at Toronto, and I just basically just called him not an American. He's not—he's not American anymore. He's part of Toronto. But even if he lives in whatever state he happens to live in, like Sunny Plex, Illa, Michigan. So he's been granted honorary Canadian citizenship by you. It's more that because I see him in Canada more than I see him in the States, I, my brain just says, oh, he's probably Canadian, and I don't feel like correcting it. Okay. But, um, yeah, uh, guns. Toys. Toys. Toys are guns. Guns are toys. That's the message we're getting across. That's right. Actually, none of those things. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> none of those things at all. Actually, I did get a toy gun, uh, so touche. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit late. Um, halls. Dealer Room Adventures. Crin, you actually you, you got some dealer room swag. I got two Cyclonae from Gog Dog. Yeah, two from the same seller. Yeah. Uh, at sign Gog Dog on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got a Universe 2009, the original version of that Cyclonus. Mm-hmm. And then earlier today, you got a swank deal on a Shattered Glass Cyclonus. Yep. Uh, I don't even know if you're supposed to share the swank deal you got. Um, I gave not? him candy is and and money, so both. Yeah, he got two things. We actually had to to force the candy up, up, upon him, uh, which he gave me a price that was too nice, so I tried to give him more, and he wouldn't. So then I also gave him a big handful of candy. Just jammed it right in his face. Actually, yes, pretty much. <laughs> uh, if you, you ever want to see someone get forced back by the weight of an armful of candy, that's that's what you would have seen there. I also uh, got a bunch of art, so that was cool. Yeah, and I don't think I got anything else. I think that was about the gist of it. Yeah. Oh, I got like a a plushy Cyclonus. Yeah. 
from... I don't know her name. <laughs> I'm helping. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. But I got to talk to some of the artists, which was really cool. Yeah. And um, and every five feet, someone stopped us and said, are you Vangelis? So I got to witness the electron cloud of friends come around you. It's a great experience, isn't it? <laughs> Especially when you like had plans and, hey, we need to go do this thing. Or, hey, we need to go look at this thing. Yeah, that and then not, not only is it people stopping to say, hey, are you? And the response of, yes, I am. Then the 10-minute discussion of completely pointless thing and you're just like we were we were we were so close no it's always if as long as he doesn't owe you money yeah that's the line well you got to cover your bases right yeah specifically it's if i I try to figure out if i owe the money if i do i tell them whoever i was just talking to yes evangelist you were referred to as evangelist one point after you had walked away oh okay (laughs) but you know what i didn't do because i care i did not say oh you listen to the podcast aaron's right over there you sure about that? I'm pretty sure I didn't. Maybe you should have. You did once. Did I? Yes. This year? Yes. Here? What not, not, as a, not as a passing off, but the person was saying that they were really interested in the podcast. Oh. And then you said, yeah, and Aaron's right over there. And he said, hi. It was oh. like, oh, okay, yeah, I thought that was you too, but I didn't want to interject. Oh, that wasn't the podcast panel, was it? No. Okay, because <laughs> that one you announced your own name. That's right. not my fault. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, me and are you, Aaron. Are you saying I should have just been up on the panel and not introduced <laughs> just, myself? Yeah, just, just sat there silently, <laughs> just arms crossed. <laughs> and here from WGFTFW, like, yeah, that's us. I'm here yeah. to balance out the other side of the table. <laughs> um, me and Aaron got our hall pictures out as though we are, as though we were about to just like whip out our our toy collector penises and just slap them onto the countertop. <laughs> I, I gotta say, Alfie beat us both. Y- oh, Jesus. <laughs> Alfie got like frigging Tony. She's going Tony Preto level yeah. of like, oh yeah, I got this rare Italian nest thing. I got then I got a G one Encore issue. Uh, that's all I need because these two little boxes are about ten times the value of all of your garbage right. you got over. Not here. not the price that we spent, but the value of yeah, it. The, yeah, the value of it. Yeah. Like her, the deal you got on that Italian um, that wasn't even a Transformers. Jazz. Yeah, that, that is a, that is a Transformer Auto Robot. Uh, Porsche 935 Turbo. Copyright 1980. That is gig, uh, Takara, um, everything on it's dead white. All the chrome is perfect. The rifles chrome is perfect. The missiles chrome is perfect. But oh darn. Has the BOP missiles. Stickers, Stickers applied, are applied. But it still has the sticker sheet paper in perfect condition. Yeah, not, next not to the one, perfect instructions. Not one crinkle. And I even... So she shows me the instruction sheet and it's folded in four. And I'm like, I'm not unfolding this. I saw you unfold it, and I was like, I, I'm not responsible for what happens <laughs> to you, sir. <laughs> but great shape, and uh, they had a very good price on it, and she hemmed and hawed, and the guy dropped fifty dollars yeah. off of it Saturday morning, and I was, and then she just like jammed money in his face. Okay, I you think. be the seller. I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be Alfie. Tell, give me the timing on this, okay? How much is this? Uh, it's two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, okay. Two hundred. Okay. Uh, yeah. Was that about? Yeah, that was about right. Okay. What? Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, it was like maybe eleven o'clock. It's like, did the guy not know that the convention was like going till Sunday? <laughs> or maybe uh, we've got like forty-five minutes to sell everything here, guys. No, I like I like the theory that 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 gig jazz is actually haunted by like the ghost of like an, an Italian child who also thinks Transformers are cool. Because like, yo, how cool would that be to be haunted by that ghost? 
And Ghost shows up, woo! Oh, wow, what's that? Like, sees, like, the new Masterpiece toys. And, like, yeah, yo, come on over. Check out what happened in the last 30 years. 36 years. Like, that's a 36-year-old jazz. Yeah. Well, Porsche Robo or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you also got a you got an encore jazz because that was a fun conference. You're like, I've realized I don't think I actually have this. <laughs> yeah. I uh, oh, you're good. Um, yeah, it was one of those where at one point in time, so I go in and I see the encore jazz, and I was like, I'm not really sure if I have this. And apparently, at some point in time, I made fun of Aaron. So Aaron made fun of me by posting a picture of my jazz collection, and said, I don't have the problem you do. So that actually helped us out to figure if I actually have the Encore Jazz or not. <laughs> it's amazing we can roll back your Twitter media and be like, oh, there is the image. All right. Well, so when I was talking to you, I think that I kind of figured out how you didn't have one. Because the big question then was, how do you not have that? And I, I believe that its release date was like a good year or two before you had really caught the Jazz collection going. Mm -hmm. So like that thing showed up just in time to not be in the bullseye of a fresh right. collection happening. So. Yeah. Man, it's the, the frigging chronological etymology yeah. of a collection is... Uh, I don't even know if I'm using the word right. It's close yeah, enough. I'm, I'm going to admit. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, it was, it was super cool. Uh, but me me and Aaron just got normal, boring things with new toys for the most part. But uh, let's, let's, let's... Actually, really, my only like new, new toys... So I got uh, the Chicago Sphinx. Uh, half out of spite because I was just a few people short for the uh, Toronto one. And then uh, Pink Assassin and Evil Lord were the two kind of newer Iron Factor. I think Evil Lord was just out for Toronto. Yeah. And I had just gotten into Iron Factory, so I had to draw a line. I think at Toronto, I also told you, like, if you're just getting in, get some other stuff yeah. first. Because I'm, I'm the one guy who thinks Evil Lord's not right. the hottest thing. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to... Th I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my picture. Hot Rodimus, Masterpiece Hot Rodimus. Uh, which was good. Uh, function uh, X6 Knight. That, for, that big TF Source. For the TF Source sale where they had so much stuff just on cutthroat sales. That oh, was, yeah. That night was $50 when retail was like 130 or something. I thought it was 120 Or 120 I don't know. Still, more than half off. Yeah. Um, I got Bluster and Trench from the, um, crap, I forget the guy's name, that's doing the uh, Unrustable Bastards. Oh, yeah, Sid. Sid. Yeah. Um, and then talked to him some about the Kickstarter and then ended up kickstarting it. And I think it looks really neat. Yep. Personally, you personally kickstarted it. $55,000 yeah. down. Just yep. Yes, I'm working hard <laughs> on it. And then um, the Takara Tomi uh, Legends, um, because the Headmasters, I will openly acknowledge, I spent uh, 18 bucks each on those. The, the Legends are good. A little bit extra paint, a little bit better it's stickers. The, those Titan Masters. Those though. Titan Masters are are nuts. Like you I get it, right? I, I was to the point where I was looking at the deluxes that were in the room to look at those Titan Masters. They don't look as good as these ones. They don't look as good as these ones, for sure, but I was yeah. still sitting there looking at them like, man, if they looked as good, I might... No! No! I already have these as deluxes and the only change is it comes with the weapon thing that I already have from... The... No! I don't... I don't need... I don't need them. No. No, no, no. I'm... So, uh... Yeah, I'm good. Episode like what four forty or so? Have the big hall of like yeah, got all of them, got all those ones with the weapon. I really I didn't have the weapons of those colors. No, <laughs> I, I think I will keep up as long as the Titan Masters stay good like that. I think oh, yeah. I'll I'll keep going with well, that, the now, legends. Now you can join the fresh hell that I'm in, where I'm like yeah, I'm gonna import. Titan's return laser beak <laughs> at an import price because he comes with ape face. 
Yeah, I, I think the most that I'll do is um, convention grabs and or like toss it in on top of a pile of loot or something. Yeah, so so all those things you said I would say are, are newer toys. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's, what's the older toy you got? The older toy? Well, like I said, I said you had a haul full of newer toys. You're like, well, only a couple. Yeah. That was like your whole haul. Yeah, mine was the yeah, oldest. Pretty much hers was the old stuff, and there's a uh, World's Smallest Jazz yeah, in there. Yeah, World's Smallest Jazz. Yeah, to replace for only $10. Yeah. 10 bucks. Oh, I got a $10 X-Force Quake. Oh, yeah, the Fans Project Shockwave for yeah. Colossus. Which yeah. freaked you out. Yeah, so when I opened that like weird like food bag-style bag thing, and then a little tiny fist fell out of it, that's, I guess, a spare fist for it. I can't remember and anymore. I, I was slightly scared because, oh, great, this plastic has already pulverized itself. All right. The uh, the food bag is a little bit of a bummer to deal with because I actually like the art on the front. Yeah, it's a shame and, then, I... and then you get to tear right across it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's it. I got uh, Sins of the Wreckers art and signed by both of the artists. And that's it for my whole picture. Oh, uh, SH Figure Arts Donatello. That thing. Did that you... thing feels good. Yeah. No, I mess with that. That thing feels like less... everything from the knee down is die cast. Yeah. And anytime I'd set it in a pose and just like you adjust the feet so that they're flat and then it holds that pose. And you have to, uh, if you peel back his his Ninja Turtles biceps, you see weird muscular human biceps underneath. By chest, not bicep. No, those are pectorals. Biceps are here, pectorals are here. Yeah. I'm uh, not even sure how I misconnected the word bicep. <laughs> I don't know how because that you had happened. to bifurcate the shell. <clears throat> nah, no, nah, it's not even that clever. I think that I just had a brain fart. That's probably the yeah. matter. Where's Florida again in relation to it's California? In, it's in it's in Indiana. Okay, <laughs> right, Indiana, Illinois, my favorite towns. Um, oh, hi, Alfie. <laughs> I do want to say that I did get something really cool from Josh Perez. I wasn't expecting. Oh yeah. Um, I had asked for him to draw on my luggage tag that I have on my camera bag. Uh, just like a quick sketch, nothing really big. And I, as a, not really thinking he would do it, I was saying a jazz holding a camera. And I get my luggage tag back, and it's like this really kick-ass picture. Yeah. Of jazz holding a camera. So I'm definitely going to, I almost don't want to keep it on my bag now. Like, I just want to hang it on the wall. Or at least, like, laminate the front of it where yeah. the image is, yeah. You know who's a wonderful wonderful human being? Josh Perez. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty wonderful human being. Just a, He's a good example of humanity. He's adorable. Man, Josh Perez. I want to make a Josh Perez podcast. The Josh P-cast. Let's do it. Is it P for pizza? Yeah. Okay. The Josh Pizza-Rez-cast. Pizza-Rez. I like oh, it. man. Um... My whole my haul is not as cool as Josh Perez, but I got some stuff. Uh, Aaron threw Titans uh, Return Ape Face at me at my face like six seven times. Yeah, yeah, about six or seven times. Um, Crin had actually before the convention found for me uh, Titans Return Rumble because he's the red one and uh, Ravage, uh, who I actually haven't opened yet because I was going to film their packaging because I thought I somehow thought I was going to have the time to set up my backdrop and film some. Uh, like a quick look at something or something here. And uh turns out I didn't have enough time to do that. So uh, I'm just going to take them home and film their packaging there. You're welcome. Thank you, Kryn. You're welcome. You're wonderful. Yeah. Also, the packaging is, like, messed up. Only on one of them. But it came like that. Yeah, it's part of the story. Part of the patina. 
<laughs> the target patina. That's right. The target <laughs> patina. Like the chocolate fingerprints yeah. that are on my Transformers gig diaclone. There's chocolate. It looks like someone had like eaten a messy chocolate bar and like handled the package. 36-year-old Italian chocolate fingerprints. Yes. Lick it for good luck. Oh, my God. Imagine if that still tastes like chocolate. <laughs> you better hope that's chocolate. Either chocolate or death. Yeah. <laughs> or death by chocolate. Um, I uh, I got a brainstorm. Uh, there was a Ripped was doing this thing where they. So I thought if we saw because Titans Return Brainstorm dropped up some Walgreens literally the Friday mm-hmm. of the show. So I was like, well, if any are in the dealer room, I bet they'll be fifty bucks. Ripped had some and the fifty dollar price tag. I was like, Haha, I was right. I'm a smart boy. They started at eighty. So I heard. Uh, the part I didn't see was the plus free deluxe. And then I saw that, and I was very confused. So I walked up, and I was like, hello, gentlemen. Explain your sign. And so the fellow walked up to me with a bucket and said, oh, if you buy one of those, you get anything from in here free. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a bunch of garbage. And I look in the bucket. One of the things in there was dark side sound wave, uh, the somewhat hard-to-get black and dark red sound wave from uh, the Japanese Dark of the Moon uh, Age of Extinction crossover stuff. Uh, and I almost went for that one because I was like, well, I mean, I have this, but I like this toy a lot. And I don't know, I can pass it along. Mm-hmm. Then the guy's like, oh, it's, you know, part of it's broken and re-glued, and he doesn't have his mech tech weapon. Or, oh, no, he didn't come with a weapon. So part of, part of it's broken and re-glued, so we added a render form weapon. But then I spotted uh, Adventures Lockdown, who was sold as a Voyager. And I was like, if I do math that's very generous... This is actually a vaguely okay deal to just get getting Brainstorm out of the way. So I, I got I got another Adventures Lockdown, and I got Brainstorm. Um, and then I went to Gog's table, and he had I wanted to buy something from him. He had the Universe One version, I think, of Bendy Prime, the one or no, the Cybertron version of Bendy Prime, with the uh, remolded Cyber Key that has a Minicon port. No, oh, yeah, it. yeah. And uh, so it was like five bucks. I was like, I don't know, I'll get that. But then, uh, Bendy Prime's always good. Because I don't have a Bendy Prime in Toronto. Um, he said one of the arm guns was missing. Like, you know, the, the smokestack cannons. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't find it anywhere. And so I was like, oh. Uh, and he was like, I mean, if you just want it. So he just gave it to me. So we gave him more candy. Yes. Uh, a Kr- Twix. Kring gave him a Twix. Is, uh, is that thing's real name Bendy Prime? So, no. Okay. So, Aaron, go ahead. So <laughs> let me talk some. Uh, so, no, that came. That Prime came out in Armada, which was 2003, 2002, 2003 2003. 2003. And um, it, it had come in a line where... Posability wasn't maybe the biggest thing in the world. There was a new and design team. Th- there was a new, a newer design team that were going for a different aesthetic. We'd come from an era that was a ton of ball joints, and then we had uh, car robots that came out in Japan as robots in disguise, as the first robots in disguise. Even and more that ball was joints. Even more ball joints. And then we got Armada, and a lot of that fell back because supposedly more it went from being a more Japanese-based design team with different ideals to a U.S. design team having to learn things. And then the other part of it was the first Optimus Prime that came out was a leader thing, and he had a big trailer, and he had a neat electronics gimmick that so it mostly shoot, worked. Yeah, it, it, that, it once caught fire. But but cu- there were a couple fires. A couple times it caught fire. And... That is not a joke. Okay. Um, so it had electronics in it, so that when you would you would 
when you transform, you'd have the truck, yeah, and you'd take the truck off and you'd leave the cab sitting on your carpet, and then you'd transform him. And when you would do one step in the transformation, so when you'd go from the truck cab to like the normal robot, it would hit a button that had like a IR signal, like in a remote control or a, a, a you know a remote for your TV that would send an IR signal to the cab, the trailer, and then it would or to the trailer, yeah. and it would go from being the trailer to it would activate a motor and it would flip the trailer open to be a base. So basically you if you pulled open the front of the cab while transforming it, the trailer would suddenly go and just start opening up. That's kinda cool. And so it was cool. And then when you'd go from that mode to then turn him into like the upper half of like the a super robot mode. for the super mode, the trailer again would go would stand and up. it would stand itself up to be legs. Except for the only problem is it also had like a light gimmick in the hand, was supposed to be one in each hand, but then they rolled that back and all of that. So then you've got wires running down inside of the arm and just like outside at one point. And so it, then it just massively locked down his articulation. And also the, in the tra- all the modes. The trailer was basically like four it was like opening a box and then the box would turn itself inside out. So they were unposable legs because they were just a series of platforms. And the, the cab robot was so stuffed with electronics, he was not really very posable. So Bendy Prime was... It was, it was towards the end of the line. That that's, It's a little bit smaller than the cab that comes with it, but still in the same... It can, I think it has a trailer hitch that the yeah. cab can hook onto. So it's, so it's like a, a single release of the cab, and it can turn into the little robot... But since there's no electronics, its whole feature was it had ball-jointed hips and shoulders. And so it was much more poseable. And it actually has, due to the transformation, it has like a double elbow, which is still kind of uncommon in regular Transformers releases. You said doo-doo. I did. Okay, thank you. (laughs) That was for Kren. Thank you. But... So he, he very, in the vernacular, just kind of became Bendy Prime. And he's gotten quite a few... Several repaints and re-releases, and occasionally they'll show up in like years down the line because it's it's a good basic toy that's pretty poseable and it's pretty generic. Optimus Prime, you can splash different paints on it and get it further a little bit further away from the original. This is a good checking of us as longtime fans because a lot of fans just throw the name Bendy Prime around, and I realized to someone who hasn't heard it before, it sounds stupid. See, see, this that is that actually was an etymological discussion because we were talking about the origin of a word. Yeah, we're smart. Thank you. That was a high five. Um Anyway, that's, that's, those are the loose toys I got. I also got a pink assassin because she was like twenty bucks. Yeah, so why not twenty bucks and a great like stand that came with it yeah. as well. The stand she comes with is usable with that upcoming uh, Iron Factory Optimus, mm-hmm. and that's like maybe half the reason I got it. Um, I also uh, from Azusa's table, uh, the Japanese dealer from Japan. Mm-hmm. That sounded better in my head than what I just said out loud. Uh, <laughs> he let's, had... let's call out me saying "do too." <laughs> Japanese dealer from Japan, the country, and also the islands of. <laughs> he uh, had the the Transformers Adventures Legends two bag, a dogfight and run amok, mm-hmm. which came with a book. Was like a ninety dollar two pack on some online sites for two Legends toys. He had it for fifty bucks, and I have the runabout who goes with the run amok. He's he's where I got the uh, masterpiece Hot Rodimus for. Like $15 less yeah. than everybody else in the room. If I had some it's, more money, yeah. 
there was a lot more there. That's, I uh, that's always the way it is with his table. Well, he had freaking the. I almost bought it. He had the the book pack in Go Shooter for fifty bucks, mm-hmm. and I was like, everybody I just, else was like ninety five on that one. And and you know what this is like? You just got a beautiful new Go Shooter head. Uh-huh. And there's a Shapeways piece, a couple of them that, that can you just yeah. And it's like, well, I should. So I had the thing where I was like, I should do this because it's my duty. And then I paused and I was like. I don't actually care that much about Go Shooter. I don't want to spend my fifty dollars right now. He did you see that he had the barbarian and um, double oh, double punch? The double punch. Yeah, I was standing there trying yeah, to tell you that super cheap. That you should just buy those. I was using that as the excuse so that we could talk about it and have a multiple conversation. The pack rack and fractal, and whew, those were very those were very good deals and very hard to come by. I like man, he always has. The deals. He had Jeffrey Primes. He had more yeah. Jeffrey Primes today. I, I got a couple people like, hey, you were looking for Jeffrey Prime, right? Yeah. The only guy I had him was sold out. I'm like, no, he sold out of Saturday's talk. Yeah. Really? He had him for 40 bucks. And here's so you want to hear my stupid Jeffrey Prime story. Someone misheard or misremembered that early on and said, oh, I heard Azusa has him for 35 bucks. And I was like, I'd spend 35 bucks for Jeffrey Prime. Then I get to his table. I sound exactly like that. And I'm like, uh He's forty bucks. I thought he was thirty-five. I don't want Jeffrey Prime, and I walked. And so I realized that like my my will for Jeffrey Prime was a whole lot of talk. Yeah. When we were talking about it on the podcast, compared to real real it was life, very neat to see. But you forget how small that warrior because well, it's class not it's is. not the warrior one. It's the it's the class slightly below with the pack in minicons. That's what Jeffrey Prime is. Was, yeah, you know the the, yeah. the, the mini oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's so that plus the forty dollars was you know and seeing it in person, I'm like, no, this looks great. I just don't want to spend forty bucks on it. Um, we could have gotten the Legends twenty dollar one then. I almost did. I in fact pulled. I saw it. And I said, oh well, that's better. Pulled out twenty bucks and then stopped. <laughs> I actually had the money in my hand. Stopped. I was like, put the money back in my pocket and turned around and walked away. <laughs> I had the most. The fact that I had all these moments over frigging Jeffrey Prime speaks to the power of Jeffrey Prime. Uh, I forgot there was a Legends one. That's also part of the story. Uh, what's up? Um, no, I was laughing because you gave me the whole background of Bendy Prime, and now there's Jeffrey Prime, and I know the background of that one, but they both sound funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Transformers fans say really stupid things with a straight face is one of the lessons we're, we're learning here. And this uh, is first-party names. You start getting in third-party names, and it just gets weird. I got me a Striker Manus. Yeah. You got you two Striker Manus. Yeah, so my first, so I went to Chosen Prime. Got Striker Manus. Open them up. You know, it's all complete. Earlier today, while Kryn, I think you were getting ready. And I was like, I feel like I should transform Striker Manus. So I'm transforming it. Then I get to a point where I'm like, why isn't this working? And I look, and he, he has this flap that opens up under his forearm. Mm-hmm. He had, instead of a right one and a left one, he had, I think, two right ones. Oh. And what that means is that there's a, because the forearm thing, it has a tab on one side and a slot on the other. So this meant that there was a tab meeting a tab internally. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, they were touching very lightly, but they were touching. I could not dock them together. And so I thought... Is this just a case of the third-party thing? Oh, you got something on your nose? No, stop it. Okay. Uh, is this is a case of the third-party thing where they just use, like, you know, double left parts to save mm-hmm. price, but why would they engineer tab slots around this? So I, and I overthought this too much because obviously it was just Mrs. Sevel. I went to Chosen Prime. Ever since that time when I had to, like, return one and a half grants 
Toy World grants to, to, to TF Source. I'm always bashful because mm-hmm. I have st- like dumbass bad luck sometimes at conventions. So I got a chosen prime because those guys are cool. And I'm like, hey, guys, listen, like I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not mad. Just, can you tell me if this is normal? And, you know, show them the toy, and they're like, oh, no, that doesn't seem to be right at all. It's like, well. well yeah, well, uh, we can just get you a new one if you have all the stuff here. I was like, oh, I got it all here. Yeah, I just I don't want to cause you trouble. That's all. And then they brought me the new one, and then uh, with the with the most, I guess, the most like like pathetic Canadian attitude you could ever have, I said, I hope if it doesn't inconvenience you guys, I hope like could we? Would you mind if we just cut this open and I double check the toy inside the box? Like I don't want to cause any trouble, but it, if it's okay, I'd love to do that. And so they did what they what they should do in the face of that. They said, absolutely not. And then went and cut it open for me and showed me the, the figure. And it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, they did that to you with your... Yeah, they did that, they did that for us uh, up in Canada for the... Because I got the sword, the... Um, whatever, the perfect effect. Oh, for the uh, uh, Fort Max? For Fort Max. Yeah. And I got it and opened it up, and it wasn't holding together because it was missing an essential clip piece in the middle of it. And I took it back down. I'm like, hey, can I see others to make sure I'm not dumb? And they're like, no. When we put it together, it held together quite well And because they had a Fort where they had, like, one of the SDCC Fort Maxes that they must have, like, hired a person to take from San Diego to there. And they're like, hold on, yeah. And then, like, cracked another one open and went like, boop, yeah, that works just fine. Here, take this one, and we'll... We'll, you know, turn this one back around. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, the Chosen Prime guys are, are super friendly. Uh, I've, I've started to get to know them now that they are showing up at literally every convention with basically, like, a piece of an actual storefront. Yeah. Just inserted into the dealer room. <laughs> I, I got to say, the first year um, seeing them, in, well, that was here at Chicago yeah. two years ago in 2014, I thought it was excessive. I thought it was kind of weird. And now, granted, that's also... Probably shaded some by the craziness that was the Gameathon at the same time, mm-hmm. but I was like, man, it's kind of dumb. All their space is taken up by all this stuff. It's dumb. Why would they do that? Now, four or five dealers are like that, where they've got much more display of the stuff, and I think especially for the third party. Oh, that, that Agabus booth space was rivaling yeah. Chosen Prime yeah. this time, where you know they've got a bunch of the stuff that's you know for sale opened up and on display and it gives you a better idea of sizes and scales and what things actually look like. And it seems like it's also taking a little bit of weight off poor Ryan Sheehy's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Chosen Prime at least was using uh, some of their space. Oh, Agabus as well for the Machine Robo stuff. They, they were using some of their display space to show the fresh reveals from right. the third party panel. Like uh, Make Toys uh, used Chosen Prime's booth for mm-hmm. a lot of their stuff whereas you know the DX9 was able to put all their new things on the top shelf and etc uh, etc. Et um, but yeah, uh, the way that this then immediately karmatically rebounded on me is I turn around and the guy who I was who was helping me had to go help someone who was like who had bought the gold, you know, masterpiece Megatron original mm-hmm. version. And it was basically like I don't know how this works. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Do you guys like could you guys give me a hand just making this a gun? And I'm like, oh, I know how this feels. I remember this. And so I'm like kind of standing by because I'm like, you know, maybe I should help. And then eventually it was like, yeah, I gotta try to help. Took me like five minutes trying to get this thing in. I was like, I don't remember how this piece just goes in mm-hmm. to finish the gun. That toy is a nightmare. I so love that we know that it was made in like what a weekend. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> uh, that thing. That thing's a relic that is worth experiencing. I would say. I actually warned the guy who bought it. You know, remember on the hip skirts, those like t- those hook tabs oh. that snap off instantly. Yeah, I basically told him like these will snap off. Don't worry. He gave me a look when I said these will snap off. And I was like, no, trust me. There are nearly 10 years of experience behind this toy. Those will snap off. 
and it's not a problem. Right. So just get ready for it. Um, and then uh, so that that was that was my striker manis story. Uh, I also grabbed I tried Angelus, to, the striker manis story. Sorry, that's that's the name of my biography. Thank you. I tried to grab the mastermind creations exclusives. I was apparently uh, so thanks Graham Slayer's hoop. I was literally six people too late in line to get Anubis. He I f- counted for you. <laughs> I felt be- I spent a whole day feeling okay that I was oh 10, 15, 20 people too far back. Today he said oh no no you were six people behind. Mm-hmm. It's like that doesn't make it feel any better. <laughs> now, now I feel worse. Um, but I did get the fans project Diaclone Severo, the Grimlock with the blue crotch, mm-hmm. uh, with his little Diaclone man who spent most of his conventions stuck to the metal plate on that lamp oh, yeah. under the bed. Uh, not there anymore. I packed him up. <laughs> And I haven't actually messed with the toy yet, but uh, that's a toy where I know enough of the folks involved in this distribution that, like, I can just email someone if something's missing. You know, there's actually no reason why I can't email Chosen Prime. I guess... No, no, they're in America. So I'm I'm saving us all some shipping problems. I know what I'm doing. Just have the replacement shipped to me. I'll play with it, break it. Throw it away. Throw it across the border. I don't know. I I also took... Canada Post. I took advantage of that fans project sale at TF Source. Mm -hmm. Uh... Partly out of spite, because I, I bought the first two Dinosaurus Ryuo members, Dinoichi and Dino Ni, at, at retail price when they came out. So seeing them and the next two all marked down to $30. Yeah, I was, like, I, was, I was really close to biting on that, or like, you know, I tried to like talk them down a little bit. Like, could you do four of them for 90 because you're already cutting it down, cutting it, your own throat for it, but... Yeah, you're, you're, I mean... I appreciate what you're doing, and I probably would have done the same in your position. Yeah. But that's also asking them to oh yeah, further it was, down it, was hor- like a, it was horrible on like a seventy percent markdown. Uh, yeah, the only reason I did this is because I have the first two, and there's mm-hmm. no way I will ever be able to sell those first two for anywhere near what I paid. So especially after TF Source went and did yeah. this to you. Uh, whereas if you didn't have any of them and you went in for four of them, now you're locked in having to right. buy those two leg robots, probably for full retail yeah. when they come out. But uh, I. I don't actually dislike Sora's Ryuo. I just think that uh, it became clear none of those toys felt $70. Um, so, hey, they feel $30. Uh, and I also got uh, Function X Croc, Crocs mm-hmm. for 40 bucks. Yeah, uh, I had skipped that one because of too many things coming out and then spent however long since it came out going like, did I really screw up? It seems like Croc never goes on sale. Finally yeah. paid off. Haven't opened him or the other two yet. Hopefully they're all in the package. Yeah, uh, yeah I for the night that I got out of that sale, I opened it up, verified that it was there, and it didn't look like anything was broken. Kind of fiddled with it, but I didn't try to go through any modes. The the upside is that I mean the TF Source guy, I talked to him a bunch. So again, it's like this seems like if there's an issue, it'll be super simple. Yeah. And there's only one guy there, so I don't you know it's hard. I feel worse about. Oh, also, it was like the last 20 minutes of the dealer room. Yeah. So it's not like I'm going to run to my room, open them, run back, and go, right. like, hey, 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 help me. They're, they're not in here. Um, for, I hadn't talked to him that much before, I don't think. So it was, it was super fun talking to the guy mm-hmm. who was doing a lot of the booth running there. We, yeah. I talked a bunch about the um, the the Ziploc bags of... Oh, yeah, the, they're scratch and dent the, return. The, the Vulture Pack return robots, yeah. like the ones they'd pull pieces from for uh, parts returns. I thought that stuff was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, actually, I didn't, I didn't end up finding anything that I wanted to buy, but I loved that that was all sort of on display to see. Like, I thought it was a great look behind the curtain on one of those kind of uh, retail yeah. operations. And I actually do believe I heard them talking about the reason why they did that here is because they can, since it's all inside the States. Yeah. Then they can just 
take all of that stuff from their warehouse and they have notated on it like what it's missing i guess so that you know somebody else writes in and like oh i bought this thing and it's missing an arm and they can just grab the bag and rip an arm off and right send it missing out missing arm right on it. Um, the last thing I got was uh, Captured Prey. So I was just walking around looking for deals mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I saw a Masterpiece Shockwave. Well, it's it a real big regret that I, I just could not afford him when he came out. Um, and I, I saw him all over the dealer room for like 160 bucks. I'm like, well, I guess that's what he costs. And then if I'm going to spend 160 bucks, I'd rather spend 10 bucks less on those Iron Factory Dinobots. But then uh, I saw Captured Prey. He was sitting there with a sign that said $15 off. And so I like, lean in and squint to see the price. It says $135. And I'm like, let me just check some listings. And I'm like, that mm-hmm. seems like a good price. And I like Orson. So I walk up. And, uh, and purchase it. In doing so, accidentally think someone who doesn't work for Captured Prey worked for him because someone walked up to say hi to me as I was walking oh. up to Orson. So I said, oh, yeah, I wanted to get one of those shockwaves. And dude who's a friend of Donnie Mason's uh, from TF Expo is like, that's cool. I don't work here. <laughs> and I'm like, Then maybe you shouldn't have gotten in my way. <laughs> that's embarrassing. Uh, but, yeah, and, th- and then I... Uh, I think I misunderstood something else because uh, some, someone uh, went to just grab something and bring it over to, to check out. And so I thought, oh, I guess that's what we're doing. So I just walked behind the counter. And then at that point I realized, oh, I don't think people were supposed to walk behind the counter. Well, I'll just quickly grab Shockwave and leave. Grab Shockwave. His box doesn't quite fit in the shelf. So then I sit there for like 40 seconds trying to get his box out from the shelf. And I'm like, this is gone full awkward. <laughs> then I walk over and pay for him. And I'm like, hi, what's up? Did you know I'm stupid? <laughs> All that you needed was like a clothing failure to make yeah, it just my, go all the way. My pants just fall down while I'm trying to get the box out. Uh, and I start bleeding from my nose. No, it's okay. It's good. It's all good. This happens all the time. I have dignity. Um, but uh, this is all building up to my favorite thing I got all convention, which was a gift from Joe Ichabod. It's a $5 gift. Uh, from the BotCon table, uh, he got me a BotCon Tigatron for five bucks. Missing uh, the left wheel on his left leg, missing the right leg entirely, missing the left arm, but uh, he is able to use his weapon as a cane. Yeah, and uh, it actually works shockingly well. <laughs> the imagery is haunting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All I ever hear when I look at him is, is the faint sound of Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt, <laughs> and uh, and also I, I just. You know, if, if this is how it's going to be from now on, I, I would love to have a copy of that head sculpt from Tigatron Ravage because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of legendary for reasons probably Being not halfway there. <laughs> Being halfway there, yes. Um, and I was, I was very happy. That I was like, thank you, Joe Ichabod, for that lovely gift. Uh, apparently there was a complete one there for $40. But, like, why would you want that when you can mm-hmm. have one with such character? Mm-hmm. Um I didn't actually check out the Bakon boot too much because I wasn't super interested. Like, the, the, the only thing I really wanted from there was the Combiner Wars blue streak. Mm-hmm. And then by the time stuff was moving and I could ask someone if they saw it there, they're like, oh, yeah, I saw someone buy the last one. I was like, yeah. well, they had They had a, one bin that had all of the combiners just, like, loose. Mm-hmm. And they wanted, like, 195 for each for all five. Oh, like the the set from the, the show. The set from the show, but okay. not in box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, I think, like one box of show boxes, and then he had a bin of single pack stuff loose for forty each, and then he had their scratch dent replacement stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff with no heads for like five, uh, the five dollar box that yeah, their son came out of. That's yeah, my son. <laughs> uh, that that's that's actually the box I think was the most interesting because yeah. like you know what. 
at this point, if you could spend five bucks to have like a chunk of a BotCon mm-hmm. toy, like it's kind of funny, you know? Uh, I did see somebody sitting there trying, I think it was uh, Ichabod again, of trying to find like, okay, here's a Combiner Wars body. Here's an arm from a different one. Here's an arm from another one. Like building a Frankenstein's and, monster. Yeah, Frankenstein one together because it's all like kind of around a core. Yeah. And so what if it never transforms? It's, again, a story thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and Ben Pia got the best deal out of that. He found a headless combiner tarantulas from this year's BotCon, um, I think, and uh, bought that for five bucks. And then looked in the box and saw the head right at the bottom of the box and just picked that up. And he, so he got a five dollar toy that I think it's missing the weapon. Is oh. the only thing. Oh, well now it's still worth five dollars. Yeah. There's no hand or foot. Um, but yeah, it's about it for my dealer room stuff. Like I, I, I had fun cruising around. I, I saw. I feel so bad now saying this. I really liked spectating Art Fire's table, mm-hmm. but it seems like that's what a lot of people are doing now. Yeah. Is they are looking at it as a museum. Yeah, but well, he's trying to sell that's, things. That's the unfortunate thing is he has so much good like stuff and he's priced well, but it's he's got mm-hmm. like that very top tier of stuff priced very well. Yeah, and so it's. Like, they would all be good purchases. They would all be good additions to a collection of of stuff in from that, like, era and from that a whole lot of Japanese stuff that when I started out as a fan, I was like, wow, that is so cool. This is stuff that we never saw here. This is amazing. That's cool. This thing's cool. I want, I'm going to have all of those one day. And then you see him, and you're like, man, that's a good price for the Road Caesars he has. Or, I was sitting or, there looking at one of the, the, the $400 Road Caesars. Yeah. Just sitting there going, like, my 15-year-old self is grabbing me by the throat and going, like, why do you spend all that money yeah. on those stupid new toys? Yeah. But, but then the problem is because it's so much so high-end stuff, he doesn't have that middle tier of like well, he doesn't he doesn't have a core of it right. he has some of it right he there. has some of it but like it would be really neat to see a bunch of loose stuff of the same thing rather than all the stuff that's in nice packages or AFA graded or super rare weird stuff like that that you're like hey that's cool but then at the same time he probably only has to sell one of those to make a convention I guess. I mean, that was like, because the same place where Alfie got her jazz, the same guy also had a gold Lucky Draw jazz, and he had 3800 on it. And someone was like, wow, you know, you, they're not going to sell that. I'm like, yeah, but all they got to do is take that and sell that at a convention, and anything else they sell is, they is cake. They sold did, it? Did they actually sell it, or it did gone. it just go away? It, it, it was gone. Okay. Wow. It was a diaclone. Lucky draws. Oh wow, that's actually that seems like a good price for a diaclone right. lucky draw. Right. Well, and again, it's good prices on on it. And I don't think I saw anywhere that I just looked at everything at the table and was like, "Wow, they're just high on their own supply on some of these." Prices. Yeah, no, our fire's prices are not terrible yeah. as far as no. I'm saying across the whole convention, everything oh, yeah. oh, everything yeah, yeah, that yeah. I saw was was pretty good. I know this that is, I've this been is a at, really good convention for. There was no table that you walked by going like, "Well, you're insane." Yeah, you know, like they 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 were all either they were if not fair, understandable. Right at worst. Right. Um, but actually, at, Art, at at Artfire's table, I think, or at least the one, if it wasn't his table, it was the one connected to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a Web Diver Ditalion loose, complete for $20. I've had that toy since it came out in 2002. 
and so did apparently three other people near me. As I said, you have a Ditalion for $20? And all people said, what? And then the poor girl there was getting so excited someone's going to finally buy this stupid thing that they didn't even have a name tag for. And then we all went like, no, we all own it. That's why we're <laughs> mad because we all bought that for like $60 of 2002 money way, way back. And then so I tweeted a picture of it going like, if nobody buys this by the end of day, I'm going to be angry. And then I, real, I thought about it and I was like, if that thing's still there end of Sunday, I'll buy it out of anger but it was gone this morning good some a good person bought it i actually had that happen before when i was at i guess the chosen prime booth i was like just talking nonchalantly that i got a world's smallest transformer jazz for ten dollars and there was like a complete stranger going ten dollars where did you get that at i was like i just was all of a box i was like because they're blind packaged Mm-hmm. And so I was like, they had $10 and $20. So I was like, I wonder what's in these. The first one I picked up, I slid it open. It was a $10 jazz. So I was like, where's my wallet? I'm just going to throw it at this man's face. Because this jazz, mine exploded. Because if you ever transform those things, if you do it wrong, they will literally just explode into millions of little tiny parts that they're, you eventually will lose. They're held by a lot of those friction nubs. Yeah, and I lost an arm or a door to hold it together, so it was basically a pile of jazz parts on my shelf. And now that's why I needed to get one, and I was super glad because I've been checking eBay, and they were like $60. He's a very rare yeah. World's smallest he, transformer. He's up there with world's smallest hot rod. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. that's still yeah. a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. The world's smallest market's weird, given how like some of those toys are worth nothing. Ever since Hero did all his, like I guess he just he must have acquired the steel molds for some of those toys way back. I still have some of that stuff from when he closed his eBay store. Yeah. Never opened it. It's kind of a dumb purchase in retrospect. <laughs> oh, this knockoff producer is going to close shop. I should purchase some of this. So many of these purchases are dumb purchases. Yes, especially my bendy manises. What? Just putting words together now. Um, but yeah, the, the dealer room experience. I thought I thought it was I thought it was a good dealer room. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as always, I I feel a little guilty when I just spectate some of the prestige pieces and talk about them with the dealer standing right there and then walking away after showing such interest. I'm this like, is great. This is such a great value. You know, it's that's okay. But yeah, I got. I really have to stop doing that so yeah. loudly. Like I'm usually a quiet person. But what? what? So here's the question: How much cash are you taking home? Do you do good? Do you do bad? On your budget? Oh, I thought you meant did I sell things? I'm like, no, what no. Think I have a tail? No, I got like ninety bucks or so okay. left over. I'm like, mm. that's not bad. I actually sold something. I sold something too. Yeah. I uh, bought. Uh, I got an amazing deal. If anybody needs like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle accessories or Kenner accessories, um, you got I, all of them. <laughs> I have basically all of them. <laughs> So I'm going to be selling pieces for like a dollar to two dollars because I got an amazing deal on it. And let's just say that two dollars already paid for most of the purchase. Yeah, there was a, a Goodwill in town, and it was just this overstuffed gallon Ziploc bag full of of uh, mostly turtle stuff, but a bunch of other stuff. People would come in our room and kind of go through the bag and be like, oh, this is from this toy. This is from this toy. Ichabod went through and ah. like wrote down on a scrap of paper what some of these oddball ones were. So watch. If you really need some of those accessories, let us know. We may have it in the bag. And don't worry. We I think at least 18 people immediately told her, oh, you should talk to Trent Rayner. Yeah. yeah. He's a turtle's man. Um, so, yes. 
we've covered that avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to think of anything else dealer room wise that was that was worth talking about. Like there, there's a, I don't want I don't want to spend too long much longer than this. So it was it was a, it was a good dealer room. Um, and and I thought it was a good show. Yeah, uh, it's quite quite happy. I, with it. I managed to uh, get um, seventy dollars, seventy five dollars, seventy dollars, um, seventy dollars or so in donations. No, that was more than that because I browbeat the transmission guys. Oh, so yeah, it was yeah. like eighty transmissions guys, transmissions guys, yeah. uh, into some last minute dice sale. So uh, did some fundraising for that, getting a little bit closer to it. That's just two weeks off, man. Yeah. We're gonna to have to actually like record the podcast maybe on a Thursday because Friday is gonna be right shot. And You're gonna to have to remind me. Saturday is gonna be horrible. I'm saying it right now to you face to face. I'm gonna forget that. Yeah. It's not in text. It's not on my Twitter. How do I know yeah. you said that? Um, Thursday. It's gonna be on uh, Thursday. A Thursday. Well, this is just like two weeks away. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I, so I just want to say thanks. Um. Aaron for and, uh, well, and Alfie you. coming by to record. Thanks, Kryn, for joining me on your first convention adventure in the Transformers world. Yay! Thank and, you uh, for the warm welcome. I hope I hope, I hope it was fun. Um, like I said, at King's, your family now. You don't got a choice. Uh, and uh, I, I want to also throw one more thanks for all for all the uh, the ribbon that we might do. Big thanks to Transmissions for yeah. uh, running uh, the the ship on those podcast panels, and uh, huge thanks to Podcast Maximus and podcast Shattered, Maximus. Shattered, Shattered Cast Uncut mm-hmm. for uh, for their participation as well. Um, Moonbase Two actually came up because uh, Daryl said he listens to it. So there you go, Mikey. I hope you're satisfied. Uh, you you have achieved something. Put the banner up. Uh, and that's a TFCon recording. That's a WTFW numbered episode, in fact. Yeah, that was a nice short 20 minute nice hour tw- in 20 minute. 20 minute recording. Just a quick one. Just yeah. a quick Well, that's someone's fault. Not, yeah. Someone's fault. Um, I don't know who he's got. But, uh, You'll we're... see him when you look in the mirror next. Why, wow. Someone, someone just pointed at me. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>